All right, everybody, today we're going to talk about several things here on Locked On Bama. We're going to talk about some preferred landing spots, at least preferred by us, for uh, some of the Alabama guys that will be surely drafted this week in the NFL draft. We'll talk about a potential Pac-12 transfer in basketball headed to the Capstone this weekend. And we're also going to talk about the wide receivers as a whole. There's been some talk on uh, Feinbaum. Jimmy wrote an article about this. But uh, I'll tie all this together when uh, Jimmy joins me here on Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Awesome. As everybody listens to this, uh, it's just the day before the NFL draft. Yep, and uh, that is something and I love. I've actually seen this whole The Draft is on american talk get some more traction, but it's from, you know, some some folks that I don't consider to be too incredibly credible in the in the media department. Um, incredibly credible. That's uh, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever said those two words back to back. But regardless, um, we love the draft. And one thing I wanted to talk about with you today, because we love the draft so much, is where would be the preferred landing spot for some of the Alabama guys that are going to be drafted? Look, for Evan Neal, it's a little bit tricky. So we might even just pass over this one. I mean, we want him to go as high as he can go. I don't think he'll pass past number five. Um, even though we talked about yesterday that somebody does have him projected to go to Seattle at nine. I don't see his lasting that long. Um, but he's going to probably end up somewhere like a, a Carolina, a Houston, or the Giants, something like that, maybe the Jets. But for the most part, it's a lot of people think he's going to end up at the Giants. I think that's a consensus. But, you know, that's, that's getting sort of moved all over the place, and it's still in the first round is Jameson Williams. Right. Where would you like him to go of, of the places that he can go? Obviously, you know, he's not going to go to Jacksonville barring some kind of trade or go to, you know, even though that'd be kind of cool if he was catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. But of the, the guys that, that potentially could draft him, where do you want to see him end up? There's a couple different places uh, that I would like to see Jamison uh, that's kind of interesting. I don't think he would last uh, so, so long as to go to Green Bay you know, at 22, but I think the Packers are certainly going to take a wide receiver. Uh, they, they need a receiver badly. Uh, I, I think playing uh, with Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of replacing Devontae Adams, kind of being, you know, the new go-to receiver, he, he would be, it would be so productive, but I just don't think Jamison will be on the board. The Packers would have to trade, move up to get him. Um, I think New Orleans is interesting for Jamison. Uh, the Saints probably are going to take a receiver. They're picking in the draft right about the time Jamison should go. Uh, I would root for that to happen uh, as, as New Orleans is local to me, and, and they do need a wide receiver. Uh, Philadelphia also picking right where the Saints are picking. Uh, I think they they might be in the receiver market playing with Jalen Hurts. That, that would be fun. Uh, but in terms of if I had to pick one spot where I'd really like to see Jamison, uh, I, I think my answer is number eight with the Falcons. They desperately need a receiver. Uh, I really enjoyed when their primary receiver was Julio Jones. Uh, it'd be great for me. Uh, I'll sort of root for the Falcons if, uh, if if the Falcons had another Alabama wide receiver. So so 
I, there's a lot of places I think would be a great fit, but uh, the Falcons at eight would be uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I could see the Falcons at eight um, if he weren't hurt, if he hadn't been hurt. Yeah. It, now I, that he's hurt, I don't think he will go that early, although the Falcons love him some Alabama wide receivers, don't they? Okay. Um, you know, a place I'm just looking at the draft, I, boy, I think it'd be super cool if he ended up at the Ravens, although I don't think that's where he'll end up. I would love him to be catching. Think about the speed the Ravens would have automatically with uh, Lamar Jackson and <laughs> Jamison Williams on the same team. I mean, that'd be my play is, Jamison, you go really fast down the field. Lamar, you roll to your right, and if he's not open, I mean, that, that's my play. That's it. That's the whole playbook. Um, <laughs> but I have seen him projected to the Eagles, which yep. well, all of a sudden, you know, the, I pretty famously have talked about my son being an Eagles fan for absolutely no reason whatsoever. My son's much more of an NFL guy than he is a college football guy. And um, he loves the Eagles. There's really no rhyme or reason for it. But he's the kind of guy, like, he watches Locked On Eagles. He goes to their message boards. When we went to the Eagles-Falcons game this year in Atlanta, like, he knew all the handshakes and high fives and shit. I didn't know they had. Um, and he was, you know, they like, people were chanting things. He was chanting them back. I mean, it was really cool. But uh, how cool would it be to have Devontae Smith and Jamison Williams right. on the same team. That that would be pretty awesome. And then, of course, and, you mentioned the Saints. Um, I certainly like that one. Uh, and I think one other one that would be great, just because they already have a gazillion Alabama players, at least for the moment, uh, and that's the Commanders. Oh, boy, I'm getting so – it's going to be hard for me to do the Washington. Yeah, the Bowl. Commanders. It's hard to remember Commanders. It is. But I, I agree that the Commanders is an, also another – likely landing spot for Jamison. I, I think that's very realistic at, at, at number 11, and, and, and the, the commanders may want a receiver. Okay. In, in the effort, in the essence of time, I should say, uh, I'm going to skip uh, several guys because maybe we'll save this for the next pod. But uh, why don't we talk about John Mechie and Brian Robinson? Where mm -hmm. would you like to see these two guys end up? You know, to me, Brian Robinson, this, this may sound weird, I think he's the perfect NFL Steeler running back, and I would love to have him there as a backup to Najee, just, just for old time's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I I did this not too long ago on On3. I did project the landing spot for every single Alabama player. <laughs> and uh, I had Brian Robinson going very early in the fourth round to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh so I guess and since I predicted it, I'm going to sort of root for it to happen. Uh, I don't really have a super pro Seahawks thing to say other than uh, Alabama had a running back uh, for Seattle, Sean Alexander, who uh, who did quite well up there. Uh, I think the Seahawks draft well. Uh, I think that, that they've largely been successful throughout the Pete Carroll tenure because they do draft well. And, and I'll be screaming this Saturday morning because I, I think at some point, Brian Robinson becomes a steal in this draft, not because I think he's going to be a great NFL player, but I think he's going to be a good one and he's going to help teams win. He'll be an ideal running back by committee guy. You, you, you put him at a place that's already got kind of a smaller, faster guy and, and, and Brian can be the big, the big thumper guy. And then you have a quick, fast running back. I, I think B Rob could be really good, but, and since I've already officially predicted it, I'll go, uh, B-Rob to the Seattle Seahawks. And, I mean, 
I'll tell you, I hated Sean Alexander being with the Seahawks, even though I love Sean Alexander, because now, now we all have direct tickets, so it's different. But back in the day, I never got to see him play unless he was on ESPN, you know. <laughs> and so um, there's something about those West Coast teams I don't dig quite as much, right. especially Seattle. I can't. There can't be a team away from Alexander City, Alabama, than Seattle, can there? That has to be yeah. the furthest team from Alex City. So it makes sense. I'm not a big Seattle guy. Um, and John Mechie, what, just really quickly. You know, I've seen Mechie uh, uh, and the Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay uh, three-round mock draft. They had Mechie going to the Patriots. Uh, I like it. I'll, I'll stick with it. I, I, I like Mechie in the NFL more and more. Uh, and, and I mean that from an NFL sense, not just an Alabama fan sense. You know the play that stands out to me for Mech? And this is why he's going to be such a good NFL player. It was the two-point conversion versus Auburn, where he's matched up one-on-one with Roger McCreary, who's a really good player, who's probably going to go in the second round of the draft, somewhere around where Mechie's going to go. McCreary's a really good player. They're lined up one-on-one. They're on the goal line. And Mechie just uses his quickness and his technical ability he created an enormous amount of separation. When you think, well, that's impossible. You're on the goal line. You're on the two-yard line. What do you mean he created separation? He created separation to the point that it was an easy throw to him, even though it was man-to-man coverage. I I just think that one play, if I'm pounding the table for Mechie in an NFL war room, come draft time, I'm like, watch this play. Watch how this guy can get open in this little tiny area, and he's even doing it against a premium athlete to win the game and beat their rival. Uh, that that play just sold me on on how good Mechie can be at the next level because he's such a technician. Yeah, and if you ever want to get scared, um, and I, I'm, this is one reason I love to rewatch games, I can still usually feel the same emotion that I felt in the moment without knowing the outcome. Okay, like second and 26. Second and 26, I know what happened. We all know what happened. But in the moment when I see Tua get sacked, I can feel my being in the Mercedes Dome and grabbing my coat and looking at my wife and saying, let's go ahead and get our shit because I need to be ready to get out of here because Georgia fans are going to go nuts. And the next thing you know, he throws second and 26 touchdown. Um, But if you ever want to be scared, go check out the Iron Bowl from last year. And I don't remember the player. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up now to make this even more terrifying. But when we run that play, you know, Kool Aid had made a pretty good play to bat the ball away um, yep. from Auburn's two point try. And then when we're doing our two point try, Mechie has plenty of time to go inside, come back outside, and catch the pass. But Bryce sort of throws that falling back, like he's not falling, but he's going backwards. And I swear, every time I watch that play, I think that ball's about to get batted down because there's an Auburn ed- edge rusher coming with his hands extended. And every time I watch that play, I think, oh, how'd that not get batted down? Like, it, it, <laughs> it, it frightens me every single time. Jimmy, I'm about to do something unique, different, oh, no. almost almost crazy. I'm oh, going to tell you, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody about Built Bar. But watch what I do, Jimmy. Watch this, everybody. I'm putting Built Bar right there on the screen. Dang, it didn't do what I wanted to do. <laughs> Maybe if I do this. Okay. Hey, Built Bar, for those who are watching this on YouTube, Built 
BuiltBar, the picture's on there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around with this and figure out how to get it better. But go to BuiltBar.com. You will love these things. Or Built.com. Built.com. Built.com is where you need to go. These things are awesome. Look at the flavors that you're looking at right here on this picture that I've laid out. You've got, uh, what is that, peanut butter brownie. you got raspberry. you got coconut. You, you know, they got a flavor that matches any palate. That ought to be their tagline. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off that order. Promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. Built.com. Promo code LOCK15. All right, Jimmy. You thought that was good. Let's see if this one's even better. Bet online worked for everything. Bet you. Online, bet online. Bet online. Go check out Bet online. You will love them. I'm telling you, Bet online is the place to go to get that bet in. Go there, check them out ASAP. It, it is where the game starts. Go to Bet online as soon as possible. Sign up. You will love it. You can get your NBA bets in. Get your Major League Baseball bets in. You can bet on just about whatever you want to at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts, and I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Go to betonline.net. Wow. So proud of myself. And I'm, I got one more to do. I've downloaded the image for that, too. Let's see how that works. You scared me, and then you impressed me. I know. I'm I sure. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Um, I'm sure that was the uh, response of many of your uh, college dates. That is. That you is scared me, and then you impressed me. Except you got that sentence half right. uh all right so jared lucas is visiting alabama from oregon state um i don't really know how to feel about this i'm hoping he's a good player um but i mean he averaged what 13 and a half points yeah that that number doesn't stand out although it's not bad when you consider you know that probably what would have made him the second leading scorer on on alabama's team this past year i think just behind Shaq. How about this stat with Jared Lucas? And, of course, this is a new name. I mean, there's we don't know college basketball like we know college football in terms of naming all the starters on all of the teams all over the country. It's just impossible to know all that. But So this was a new name to me until uh, until I think it was, uh, let's give credit to John Rothstein, I think, for reporting that he was going to visit Alabama. And then I read some good stuff on Aaron Torres' site and then, uh, you know, was able to go to Oregon state site. And then I I read a bunch on the kid before I wrote him up myself this morning on, on three. This is a fun stat because it's hard to believe because we're talking about a big state. It it would sound different if I was talking about North Dakota, but this is California. Jared Lucas is the all time leading scorer in California high school history. What? Yeah. That's stunning. isn't it? I mean, that is stunning, but it's true. He is the all-time leading scorer in California high school history. And that's not, again, that would be a little different if I was saying nobody in North Dakota scored more points than this guy, but California? But it's true. He scored 3,200 points in high school. And, uh, and crazy. Yeah, and then signed with Oregon State, where as a freshman, he helped lead the Oregon State Beavers to the Elite Eight. Uh and then this past year, as we know, Oregon State went from the Elite Eight to complete disaster. I think they were 3-25 and 25, uh, on the season. <laughs> Fired the coach. Every player left. But this guy was considered the best asset in the program, the best player. He was fourth in the Pac-12 in three-point shot made. He shot 38% from three-point, which is outstanding. And even more impressive, 87% from the free-throw line. So this kid is a shooter. Oregon State played kind of a slowdown 
sort of deal. So even though he was an impressive shooter with the great percentage, he didn't shoot it a ton. So uh, that's why he, quote, only averaged 13.5 points per game. But he's kind of just what the doctor ordered in Tuscaloosa, I would think. I mean, a, 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 an impressive shooter uh, is sort of exactly, I, I think, what Alabama needs to add to the roster. Yeah, boy, that's interesting, uh, especially I'll tell you what, if you had told me, hey, who has more points in California high school history, Jaden Shackelford or Jared Lucas, I would have bet my last yeah. locked on paycheck that it would have been Jaden Shackelford. Don't go crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. That is OK. That makes me a little more excited. And I'll tell you something else. I'm a little more excited because what you just mentioned about um, he's averaging those points on not as many shots because I, I think we're going to have other dudes that will be primary scorers. Also love the fact that he's been to the Elite Eight. I mean, he was yep. – hey, Oregon State made their little run in the tournament when we made our little run in the tournament. Of course, we didn't go to Elite Eight. We went to Sweet 16. But um, I would love to have a guy that's been that far in the tournament. And that has also – this is going to sound weird um, – has had experience where the bottom has fallen out so hopefully as a taste of that, it's like, I don't want to experience that shit again. Of course, right. of course, Ben Simmons also famously tweeted out, I missed the playoffs and don't want to ever feel this way again. And I'm not so sure he'll ever play basketball again. Stephen A. Smith has ripped him a new one, and it's been a joy to watch. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy, let me yep. go ahead and tell everybody about Rock Auto. Of course, Rock Auto. Oh, oh look at you. third. <laughs> A third technical – you're going to get a technical achievement award. And I think I'm going to leave the built bar one just like it is because I think that, you know, sometimes when you mess up like that, it can actually be better for marketing. So yeah. Rock Auto, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You know this. I know this. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or a DX or a DMX or whatever? You don't know. Nobody knows. You've got to, you don't want to go out to your car and check behind it and see what's on there and just wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody does. Not even Jimmy. So Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. You can save somewhere between 30 and 100%. So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in the How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. I, know, I had a problem getting it off, but I, I was able to get it on, but I had a problem getting it off. Um, all right, so, Jimmy, let's, I want to talk about the wide receiver room. You, you wrote a little something about that. And uh, so I'm listening to Fine Bomb Day driving from Indianapolis back to Alabama. Don't ask. I, I'm, I'm like Carmen Luke Diego. I mean, I just – you never know where I am. Um, so you, the wide receiver room. I heard right. somebody on Fine Bomb today that Matt Hayes is, is – written an article uh, saying, okay, Nick Saban is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But right now, Kirby Smart's the best coach in the country. Okay, I don't agree, but it's that's not a crazy assertion. A lot of Alabama fans called him just cussing him out. That's not crazy to say. Kirby did just beat Alabama from the national championship. But my, my argument would be I mean, I'm sort of taking in the full picture here and the fact, you know, some injuries, whatever. And I feel like Nick Saban is still the best. I wouldn't train for anybody. But I understand that. And one of the things that kept being brought up by Georgia fans that would call in defending Matt Hayes 
was that Alabama has a problem developing players. That's why they're reaching into the portal so much. And they even brought up Jameson Williams, their best receiver. They didn't develop. He sort of comes to Alabama ready-made. Uh, they've already gone to get Jermaine Burton. They've gotten Tyler Harrell. Some of these guys that uh, Alabama has been recruiting, especially on the wide receiver side, they aren't developing very well. That was the argument. And number one, I would shoot that down very quickly by saying um, Devontae Smith won a husband as a wide receiver for the first time since God knows when. Um, Jalen Waddle was a first-round pick. Henry Ruggs was a first-round pick. Jalen Jerry Judy was a first-round pick. They all just committed to Alabama and, and stayed their, their time. And, um, yeah, Jamison Williams came in and did good things because Nick Saban's going to take advantage of the portal. But is there is there any reason for cause for concern that nobody stepped up last year when our two main threats went down? Is there anything about the wide receiver room you want to tell us, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of broke it down player by player and not just player by player, you know, in terms of who's in the wide receiver room today. But I just went back and looked at the recruiting classes. As you know, a, a team that's playing in 2022, uh, they – that, that's a team that was built from the recruiting classes of, of 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. Uh, parts of those classes come, you know, all, all comprise the current team, right? Well, looking at, at the wide receiver room, look, here, here's the reason Alabama's had to go to the portal uh, two years in a row to fill out the wide receiver room. Uh, number one is all of the receivers at Alabama keep leaving early for the NFL draft. Uh, this year, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, it might not seem this way to people, but they're juniors. Mechie signed in 2019. Uh, he, he, he's not staying for his senior year. He's going to the NFL. And by the way, uh, Alabama developed John Mechie from minute number one into a second-round pick, uh, even though he was not highly recruited. He was really a three-star, I think, on some services. Uh, Jamison Williams uh, was only at Alabama one year, and they say, well, look, he arrived this good. Well, did he? Because the numbers that he's put up, I don't think anyone was talking about Jamison Williams was going to be a top 15 pick when he left Ohio State. Uh, I would say that even though he was at Alabama a short time, Alabama developed him into a top 20 pick. Last year, two wide receivers uh, that had been with Alabama from day one uh, entered the NFL draft, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. The year before that, it was Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. So that's five first-round picks in just three seasons and, and a second-round pick most likely in Mechie. So one of the reasons the room was light and needed more bodies is because multiple players have left the program early before they completed their four-year cycle. One other reason the room was short is because two wide receivers who could be playing prominent roles on this fall's team and then maybe you don't need to go to the portal but Javon Baker and Ajay Hall uh, both portaled out and they did not portal out because Alabama has had a problem developing wide receivers they portaled out really really both of them frankly for behavioral reasons keeping them from getting into the lineup consistently so between early entry pros and two kids that that portaled out for non-football reasons that's why the wide receiver room has been light if you look at what i would call the veterans that are in that room most of them are playing with the first team is, is jacory brooks a developmental issue is uh jojo earl who was an immediate starter he immediately played with the first team last fall he's back with the first team this year 
Uh, I think the only guy, and, and I don't mean to be mean or rude, but I think the only guy in the wide receiver room that's been there that hasn't developed into a positive asset in terms of a playmaker on the field is uh, Theo Jones Bell. Uh, you know, this is his third year. Doesn't look like he's going to be a first team guy, but he is literally the only wide receiver that Alabama has signed in the past three or four years that uh, doesn't look like he will be a first team player. Yeah, I, look, I, I wasn't trying to say I'm defending right. that argument. I mean, I'm, because I think the wide receiver room's been fine, but I guess it just made me think, boy, we did, you know, Jamison Williams came in and he was far and away the best receiver we had. Uh, and then you look at this year and I, I would say Jermaine Burton and Tyler Harrell are, are both going to start. Yeah, they'll both be with the first team. I consider the first team like five guys because, I mean, five guys yeah. are going to play, you know, a, a lot of snaps in the first quarter of the first game. But my, my thing about that, that I'm defending or, or pointing out is, yeah, Burton is likely to be Alabama's best receiver, just like last year Jamison was, and they were both fresh out of the portal. But who should be Alabama's best receiver this fall? Here's my answer. John Mechie. He should yeah. be Alabama's best receiver this fall. He went pro early. He went pro early. He's not well, there. And on John Mechie, it should be noted that had he not been hurt, he was projected to go in the first round. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jamison Williams also, even though he's a portal guy, he could have come back. He yeah. could have come back for his senior year. So he's not there. So then you look at, well, who is back? Well, I mean, is it fair for us to say that Ja'Cory Brooks and JoJo Earl in year two should be Alabama's best receivers? That's a little unfair. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think that's normal. Now, we've had guys like that in the past, and maybe it's fair to say that uh, Brooks and JoJo aren't freaks like Smitty and Waddle mm-hmm. and, 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 and Judy, but I, I know this. I'm not giving up on those guys. I think they're going to be pretty good players, <laughs> both Ja'Cory Brooks and JoJo. You know, we talked to as Jimmy has left the building. So, well, every now and again, you just black out. That was a phone call. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yeah, I thought the wood paneling in the background might have interfered with that. <laughs> no, no, it's a phone. It's a phone call. Okay. Um, all right, Jimmy, uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. We will be back tomorrow. Um, and, that was uh, Theo Jones Bell, by the way, on the phone. Not happy about me pointing him out like that. How is he watching this live? We're barely watching it live. <laughs> he was probably calling impressed that you're able to put the uh, pictures of uh, Bill Barr and uh, Rock Auto up on the screen like that. I've been dying to be able to do this. In fact, I've been trying to figure out a way that I can import videos so that like we can talk about specific plays during games or whatever. Um, but I haven't figured out how to do that. So I mean I well, we got a whole we got a whole summer summer <laughs> to fill fill some content here. The whole, that ought to the, be, the whole show could be watch Luke play with the technology. That ought to be a whole video is just me trying to do shit on this platform. <laughs> Um, Hero, thanks for joining us on Locked On White Sox. That's only a joke, guys. Nobody nobody else sees the Locked Locked On White Sox. It says Locked On White Sox every time. I'm like, like, it's like Sukalis said the other day. He's like, holy crap, they're going to ask me something about the White Sox. (laughs) All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.